Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hoop Jack Podcast Series. You know us, you love us. It's Chris and Jake here. Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm doing all right, brother. How you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain. About another two weeks before I actually got to go back to work uh, teaching. So, and I love my job, but it's just this whole pandemic thing has put me in like a like a world of, of pain just it hurts sometimes i think that's hitting every teacher that way i think it's hitting everybody i like everyone's either retiring or trying to still give it a go or just you know saying hey i'll find another job yeah <laughs> just, uh, unfortunately you're just a couple years away from retirement couple more like 30 <laughs> more like 30 um but all right so we're gonna get right into it today actually we have a very special guest uh, women's basketball player Amira Williams from the College of Charleston stops on by to answer some questions and um, hopefully she'll give us a good insight of what the season will hold for this year as well as you know her goals and accomplishments for the team um, but we're going to get right into it with our first topic so kind of going about it uh, so the NFL has issue new rules on taunting where they're going to start calling more flags and i know this is the nfl where the we're like a basketball podcast but i'm wondering to you what do you consider like taunting unsportsmanlike um behavior in the nba i think once you like get up in somebody's face or if you make contact with the player after the play i think that's when you get into taunting but like the classic finger wag from the Kimbi Matumbo, or if you want to find the camera and flex at the camera, or if you want to give a stare down, like that should be fair. I don't yeah. think that stuff really. That's all in good fun. No, yeah, and I and I get that. I feel like even even when um KD and Russell Westbrook played against each other and they were all in each other's face, but no one was issued a. It was just a warning. No one was issued like a like a tech or anything like that. I just think a lot of people, it, and we had talked about this last week when we both watched that documentary Untold. That a lot of it kind of is like an act. Yeah, and a lot of it's like they're not actually going to fight. It's more of you know, they're just putting on that show just to show dominance, and I get that. But at the same time, as like a ref. And even as a fan, you're kind of getting into it. And as a ref, it's all about maintaining control of the game, managing the game. And you don't want that to happen. But at the same time, it's a it's the competitive drive that these athletes have that, you know, brings out the best in them. Now, taunting, it, it, it adds value to the game because, you know, they're showing their worth. They're proving that they're the top dog. I mean, how would you manage that oh in that way because in my mind i don't think you can it's tough with the nfl like if you you've got a a 6'4 280 pound lineman like two you got two of those guys like getting in each other's face headbutting pushing shoving what are you gonna do as an official (laughs) like some of those officials are are pretty small guys like you've got some that are pretty jacked but <sighs> That's but I see, but NFL. I see it in the NFL. Massive. It's hard because if you get a sack, you're you know you're flexing. Yeah, you know you're taunting. 
we had Tyreek Hill give, you know, the deuces sign for a touchdown. Yeah, guys doing dances on their way into the touchdown. I mean, even touchdown celebration dances, they'll give you, like, unsportsmanlike conduct offense. And I'm like, that's not unsportsmanlike conduct. They got a touchdown. They yeah. have the right to do a dance. I they see, want to. I think that what, what most people or what most rules would classify unsportsmanlike conduct is just fun. Yeah. And you can't you, you can't tell me KD is about that life. Like you think he wants to throw hands with Russell Westbrook? Come on now. No, he doesn't. We're talking like top four or five most sensitive people in the world. You think he wants to throw hands with somebody? No. No, he doesn't. Now, I mean, even back in the day, I mean, back in the day it was a lot tough because you had got you had the bad boy Pistons, you had Michael and the Bulls, you had, you know. Even like the early, like the early Lakers and the Magic, when you Shaq on those teams, and the Knicks as well. The Knicks were tough, and they were you know jabbing at each other. Like it's just tough to kind of evolve from that. Now I I feel that it's it's still like a working progress, but I think NBA if the NBA had to adjust, you know, the taunting and sportsmanlike conduct. I think it comes a point where you just gotta if it's not up in your face, I don't think it needs to be counted as, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct or taunting. Yeah, and like in the back a few years ago in the in the finals when LeBron blocked Steph Curry under the basket and he just kinda looked over his shoulder and was like, Man, who do you think you are? I'm LeBron James and you're gonna try that garbage on me? Get out of here. Like that that's what we wanna see. Yeah. I don't I don't particularly care for the the AAU culture that we've created where everybody's just big buddies like let, let them jaw at each other a little bit well I think that culture it, it has its pros and it has its cons it 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 turned into a buddy buddy culture and then at the same time it also created a it only matters if you win culture yeah and that AAU culture just needs to be changed flat out but i think as far as taunting goes it, it happens everywhere you even got like little seven eight year old kids taunting i'm like what are you gonna do yeah. you got a good block you can't you can't do nothing about it it was just good defense they're yeah, like you, clapping all in your face i'm like that's just great defense what are you talking about like even when i was you know growing up playing in high school our coach encouraged trash talking practice oh yeah like, if there was one one play my senior year. I came up from behind our center and I blocked him, and I didn't say anything because I was friends with the guy. And my coach jumped me to death about it because I I, I should have in his eyes because he's old school. I should have told him to get that you know what out of here. Yeah, like that. That's just part of the game to a lot of people. It is, and I think different factors have happened to where it's helped and hurt in the process so as far as that goes you know who knows but I think there's a lot of things that have been going on that I feel you know it needs to be changed and I feel like I don't know if it'll change for the better or the worse because I also feel um, Adam Silver is putting himself in a influenced by the players and not by 
you know, the people around him. And think about that. What other professions is like the the NBA is kind of defined now as a players league. What other profession is that way? Like it's not. It, it, no other no other profession can can the the employees have that much power. Like in in my job, I would one hundred percent not like go to my to my boss and like demand another employee get fired. There was an article out that him. Adam Silver and LeBron were talking about ways to effectively make the play in better. And I'm like, why are you taking advice from LeBron? He's still in the league. Yeah. Wait till he's like on the board to figure that out. Even the college football playoff committee, you know, meets together. They don't get input from the players. Like, come on. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I get it. You want it to make it better. But LeBron's about to, you know transitioned out of the league here in a couple of years and that's when he himself can work with the NBA I feel like if he works with Adam Silver you know takes like a you know player association role then I get it but if you're still in the league you can't be like making a decision that affects other players when like you're still in the league and you kind of still want it your way, even though you're leaving. If that makes any sense. How long after LeBron is out of the league do you think he becomes a GM? Not. What do you think? Like uh, it, realistically, kind of like Jason Kidd uh, or Derek Fisher, who whatever the situation was, I don't know which one oh. it was, but the, they retire next year. Boom, head coach. Is it LeBron retires? Boom, next year general manager. That would make sense. I mean, I think he's been playing the role for years. I think about that. He's been playing a role for years. It depends on what, in in my opinion, he goes back to Cleveland. Boom, he's a GM. In my opinion, he turns around that Cleveland franchise. And in my opinion, that would that wouldn't surprise me. He doesn't need to stay in LA anymore because they still have that organization. That organization. I say he redoes Cleveland. He goes back to Cleveland, redoes that. Boom. He's got a winning franchise. I could see him being a pretty decent GM, but I don't I don't think he'll leave LA. I mean, here's the thing. He's now he's now what he's doing is he's staying in the league cuz Bronny Jr is close to the end of his high school career. He's about to start, you know, that college process or even in my opinion, look at the G League. Now, I mean, does he stay? Because I feel like LeBron still got a max of five years. I say max because I'm, you know, I'm flirting with it because it's still, you know, it's one to five, no more than five. He's definitely going to play at least one season with Bronny. I think that's when his when his contract expires i think he has like a one year gap before Bronny's eligible for the nba i think he'll he'll do a he'll do a 1 plus 1 with a you know the player option for the plus 1 and i think he'll go wherever Bronny goes i mean i would yeah just that one the year and then, yeah and then then he'll retire like you get that one year to to play in professional basketball with your son like that it's crazy yeah I just don't know, but I think 
yeah, who knows what's going to happen with that. So, moving right along, we're going to play a preseason game to where uh, me and Jake are going to decide how many wins each team is going to get throughout the season. So, we're going to start with the East. So, how we're going to do this is we're going to go team by team. We're going to start with the East and then go with the West. We're going to decide how many wins they think they'll have by the end of the season. And if we are at that number or close to it, then they get a point. Whoever has the most points has to buy that other person something within a within a reasonable limit. And in my opinion, I think it should be um, Dano's seasoning. Um, I'll, I think I'll happily wager a bottle of Dano's. <laughs> You'll happily wager. The kitchen and, is stocked right now. And Jake, why don't you give us a little description about Dano seasoning and why we love it so much? I I personally love Dano's because it's a much healthier alternative to, to other seasonings on the market. It's low sodium. It's low sugar. It's all natural. And for the price, it looks like a small bottle, but it's a, it's a very thin powdery seasoning. That stuff lasts forever. I mean, I've had, I've had a bottle last me, you know, two, three months and I use it pretty much every time I cook. I say it all the time. I put that on everything. So that to me, that's what does it is the health factor. Um, low sodium, low sugar, all natural. You can't beat it. All right. So that's going to be our wager is um, a reasonable amount of Dano seasoning for one of us. So we're going to start in the East. The last place team in the East was the Detroit uh, Pistons. They had 20 wins. How many do you think they'll have? How, how, what, what, what are your thoughts on if we do more or less than last season? I'll be all right with that. Um, that's, I, I think that's we'll do, a, we'll do more or less because I feel less. like that's going to be more uh, instead of giving like an exact number. I think with 20 wins – I think they'll get more, but not many more. I'm going under. You're going Detroit under? It's so bad. All right. So I have over. You have under. Next up, uh, Orlando. They had 21. Hmm. Under. I'll go over. I think barely. But the only reason I'm saying that is because... Uh, you know, they look a little bit better, but not great. Uh, Cle- Cleveland, they had Cleveland, 22. I'm taking over. I'll take the same, only because I'm not seeing, you know, they did pick up Rubio, but at the same time, I don't, I don't see much of an improvement. And you said over? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I just don't get about 25. I just don't see it. I'm staying the same. Toronto 27. Hmm. I uh, I think they're going under. I'm going under. Yeah. So we're both going under. Yeah, they, I think they they're going under. Yeah. And right they're, now they're on the verge of losing Siakam. Yeah, they're going under. All right. I think um, them and Orlando, I think they they're just going to blow it up. Chicago, they had 31. I think we're go- we're both going to go over on this one. I'm going to go over because yeah, I mean they'll do better, but they're not a contender. 
No, I'm saying 41 and 41. I think they'll go 500. Uh, next one was Charlotte. They had 33. Over. I'll go over too. I'm feeling good they're about showing, They're showing promise. Yeah. And with LaMelo coming back healthier, I think it, they'll go over. Indiana, they had 34. I'm feeling good with 34. You're staying the same. Yeah. I'm going under. I'm going under. The only reason I'm going under is because they need to show at the beginning of the season that they have what it takes to not because they they were number nine. I need if they're not there, I don't see them even going at the eighth seed. I still feel like they're under. I think if they they're going to be healthier this year, I think 34 is a good number for them to be at. All right, we have the Wizards. They had 34 wins and they were the eighth seed. They might not get four wins. I'm going way under. You're going way under? Way under. I'm going, I'm going. (laughs) I put under, I'm going to put way with like 30 A's under. All right. We have Boston. They had 36 wins. They were the seventh seed. Ah, Boston's tough. Um, I'm going under. I'm lost going Kimba, under. Lost Fournier, kept Tatum, Brown, Smart, just resigned a good contract today. Um, I'm going under because I need to see what the new head coach does. With, yeah, that's a good call. With Brad Stevens at not at the head coaching spot, it's going to look a lot differently from a from that that aspect to see how productive and how well that team functions. So I'm going under only I'm because agree. of that. Yeah, new new coach lost to your key players late in the late in the season with Fournier and Walker. I'm going under. Yeah. All right, Miami. They over. 40 wins and they were the 16. You're going over. I'm calling a 50 piece in South you're Beach. Calling a 50 piece. Yep. So you're going over. 40. Who? I'll go over, but I'm not. I'm not putting them at 50. I'm gonna put them at like 45 because I'm, I need to see. I need to see that South Beach has gotten better. I'm I'm thinking they're gonna have the second best record in the in the East. Atlanta, I'm, 41, and they were a fifth seed. Under. I'm going under too because yeah. I feel like that playoff run was great, but at the same time. That season was tough for them. And especially, even though they have some returners, they need to show throughout the season that they're stable and that they can handle it. So that's the only reason I'm going under. Let me see another good season like last year before we start talking about winning record. Knicks. They had 41 wins. Fourth seed. The Knicks are probably going to be another top four. They're going to be top four seed this year, I think. But... I'm going slightly over, maybe 45. I'm going slightly under. I'm going slightly under only because I feel the Knicks, they have good young talent. They're still, they retain, they got Kemba, they got Fournier. So, but it's still, how is that going to work together? It's just, I need to see that. So that's the only reason I'm going under. Real quick, before we move on. Did you see Christmas Day, Trey Young will be playing in Madison Square Garden? I know. I can't wait for that matchup. They're going to have to get private security details. That's going to have to be private security. 
Um, now we're reaching the top three. Milwaukee, 46 wins. Third seed, yet they won the championship. I'm going over for Milwaukee. 46 was uh, kind of underachieving, in my opinion, for last I'm going year. over, too. And they're retaining. They lost Tucker, but they still kept Holiday, Middleton, and they still have Giannis. I'm going over. Even though they even though they don't have Tucker, they still have good defense right there and good scoring. And Brooklyn. the confidence level for Milwaukee the, oh, after the winning the championship, so they're going to come out hot. Uh, Brooklyn, forty eight wins, second over. seed. <laughs> over, over, yeah. I'm going yeah. over too. They, they're going to have Kyrie's going to be healthier. They're going to have James Harden the full year. He's going to be healthier. They got Patty Mills. They got um, Javon Carter giving them a spark off the bench. They're gonna they're gonna win at least 50, 55 games. All right, last team, and in my opinion, I'm going under. 76ers, 49 wins, and they were the first seed. Under. I'm going under. Under. <laughs> if they have a winning record, I'll be surprised. I just don't feel like that team's the, gonna be the same next year. And with Ben Simmons kind of, you know. There's no chemistry there with that team. Now. None at all. Trade rumors with Simmons, with Harris. Like that team is going to have a lot of different faces next season. All right. So that is the East. Let's go to the West. We had Houston, 17 wins over under. Under. We're going under. I'm under. going the same. I'm going the same. I'm saying they stay. At 17 wins. You're going under? So yeah, I'm going go under. under 17 wins? Yeah. All right. Um, we have Oklahoma City. They had 20, They had uh, 22 wins. The same. I think they're, they're going to be in that same ballpark. <laughs> I'm going to go slightly under. Only because I mean they only they don't have anybody, so that's why I'm going. Under. The only reason I'm going about the same is the West is going to be a little bit weaker this year. I think top to bottom than it really? was last year. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, twenty three wins. Oh, so far under. They're going so far unless under. unless they're competing for a lottery pick and then they're going to win every game. Uh, they picked up Patrick Beverly, didn't they? Yes, they did. I believe they locked him in today. I don't know how much of a game changer he makes. No, but I'm going to stay the same. I'm going to say they're get tw- they they're at 23. It's not much of an improvement. They don't go higher. They don't go lower. Uh, Sacramento or Swaggermento, the Kings, they had 31 wins. That's a tough one. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under, too. I just don't see them improving. They haven't shown improvement. Is Luke Walton still their head coach, or did, they, did he get canned yet? I think he's still there. Yeah. I really he, think he's still there. He might get canned this year. I feel like it. Um, Next one, we have New Orleans, 31. I'm going under. I'm going over. I think really? I think they might put it together finally and, and have a decent playoff contending team. Wow. I think All they're right. going to hover around 35 to 40. All right. Um, we have San Antonio, the Spurs. They had 33 wins. They were under. the 10th seed. Under. Going under? Yeah, but lost to Rosen. Going under. They lost to Rosen. They lost Patty Mills. They lost some good players. You're going under. I'm going under, too. 
Pop is going to have a rough year this year. He's been having it rough. Even though he just won the gold, he's having it rough. Golden State, they had 39. I'm going over. I'm going over. Yeah, they're going to reload. I'm going over. Only And we got Draymond, Clay coming back, and Steph. Come on now. That's, Wait a that's second. L- nope, nope. Good. I, I, I was, for some reason, I forgot DeRozan actually did get traded. Yeah, he did get yeah, traded. Yeah, he's, he's with the Bulls. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think with Thompson coming back, Draymond's going to have less of a load. Wiggins is going to have less of a load. Got some young pieces. I think they're going to go over. All right, we had the Grizzlies. They were the eighth seed. They had 38 wins. The same. They're not good enough to hit that next level. But they're still good enough to win 38 games. I'm going under, but slightly under. Like, they are going to have 35. And it's just going to be... They picked up Bledsoe, but that's not much of an improvement on that team. And you still are struggling with, what, Mike Conley? No, Mike Conley's not with them. He's with Utah. Um, but they still don't have the pieces right there. Even they struggled as an eight. And I Think feel like Golden how, State's going to. How bad Eric Bledsoe has to feel. Like two years ago, this dude was contending for a championship with Milwaukee. Uh huh. And now he's like fighting to stay in the league. All right. So we talked about this last week where I said I had no hope. We got the Lakers. They were the seventh seed in 42, they had 42 wins. I'm, yeah, they're going to go over that. They're going to win. They're going to go over, but I feel like oh, they're, they're going to be such a good regular season team. Yeah, they're going to. I say they they end up at the middle of the pack, like a four or a five. But I it's going to be a gonna, tough. They're going to be one or two for me. Really? So, yeah, I don't think like the season's going to be really, really spread out. You're playing less back to backs. They're going to have so many opportunities for rest. I think they're going to be like a one or a two seed. All right. All right. We got the Trailblazers now. They had 42. They were the sixth seed. I, th- I say I the think same. they're going to lose Damian Lillard, so I'm going under. But after this, during the season, I think they're going to. They're going to. I think they're going to. They're going to get rid of him before the deadline. I I'll stay the same just because I still have faith he's still gonna be there. So you're going under him or CJ is gonna be gone this season. Yeah, uh, Dallas. They were fifth seed. They had 42 wins. I'm going over. You're going over. Yeah. Uh, I'm going the same because I just need because uh, you're still having problems with uh, Luca and uh, Porzingis. So I feel like that tension's still gonna be there. And I feel it's going to be tough. And I feel like if anyone Dallas is going to get rid of anybody, it's going to be Porzingis. So I think you still have, have Tim Hardaway. You still have Tim Hardaway, who's a great player. I think we have star. Atlanta and Dallas opening night. I think we do as well. So That's we'll get really to see how that one works. Uh, we have the Clippers next. 47 wins. They were a fourth seed. Under 40. I'm going under two. After not being able to close it out and make it to the and they're they're not going to have to lie. He's not playing yeah. in the regular season this year. I don't think it's going under. Uh, third seed we had the Nuggets, forty-seven wins. I don't. They're not going to have Jamal Murray. I don't think. He tore his ACL, right? Yeah, I'm going yeah, under I'm going for that under. reason. Unless Michael Porter Jr. decides to play off his face, but I, I don't think doubt that's it. Um, but my man, Bowl Bowl. 
<laughs> bowl, 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 bowl. We'll see how he does. I'm um, big on bowl, bowl, man. I want that dude to be successful more than anything. Yeah. Uh, two C. We have Phoenix lost to, uh, came in second to, to Milwaukee. Uh, they had 51 wins. I'm going the same. I'm going under. They they kept everybody that everybody that they needed to. I'm I'm going the same. Phoenix and, then, and Lakers one and two for me. And then Utah, fifty-two wins. I'm going under. I'm going under. Last season was an anomaly. They showed in the playoffs their true colors. They are not legitimate title contenders. No. Which kind of sucks because you kind of feel like Utah had it in the regular season and they just blew it. I never end. could get myself to take them serious. It was just that, yeah, that Suns well, that Suns and Four. Sons and four mentality. Was that Utah or was that Denver? That was Denver. Oh, it was Denver. Uh, Utah lost to the Clippers. They blew a 2 0 lead. Yeah, they they blew. Without Kawhi. Without Kawhi. And it was just terrible. And I feel who knows what's going to happen. So we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our one on one interview with women's basketball player from College of Charleston, Amira Williams. So stay tuned. Hey guys, and welcome to our one-on-one interview segment. I am here with College of Charleston women's basketball player, Miss Amira Williams. Miss Williams, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Good. Um, so my first question is, you grew up playing basketball in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Did you grow up there all through your life or did you kind of move there at a certain time no I was born and raised in Winston-Salem I love that place with all my heart uh and yeah pretty much stayed there ever since and so growing up you kind of I see a couple of schools you played for but you finished off your high school basketball career at Winston-Salem Christian Academy what was it like playing basketball in a good part like the middle of North Carolina, where it's like, you know, basketball country. Yeah, so um, I have to first shout out um, my coach there at Winston-Salem Christian, uh, Delaney Rudd. He was, he's a big name in the women's basketball world, and I got the opportunity to play with him for my last year of AAU basketball and also my last year of high school basketball. Um, That whole team we had had great talent on there. There's Power 5 players on there, there's mid-major players on there, and there's any which way out and it was just a great team great team culture and it was just a uh great experience we had all together um we ended up being 12 um for that year so it was great yeah so you found a lot of great talent and not to kind of brag on you but during your time in North Carolina you were ranked number fifth in the country in the state you made all conference each season uh for your team, as well as being selected as a McDonald's All-American, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I was a nominee, but yeah. But still being nominated like that, I can't even imagine, you know, that's crazy. So what was your decision process behind uh, choosing College of Charleston? Well, academics were of the utmost utmost importance to me so I felt like I needed to go to a school that was gonna uh, cherish that as well so it came down 
out of the six schools I had down to the College of Charleston and Cor and Cornell. And then Cornell was just upstate New York, and I just wanted to be closer to my family, so I ended up choosing the College of Charleston. Right, and I feel having family right there, you, they can always come and see you and, you know, be right there in the stands with you. Yeah. Um, so heading to the College of Charleston, what was it like getting your first college start? I was super excited, but the most like apparent feeling I felt was just readiness. I was ready to get on the court. I was ready to do what I needed to do to help my team win. And I think that night we did win. So I um, was just yeah. And what was the transition like playing from, and like you said, you played in the AAU circuit, the high school circuit, and it was great competition there. But what was it like transitioning from high school and AAU to the college level? And I believe College Charleston is Division One, correct? Yeah. So what was that transition like? Um, just the idea of discipline was more heavily influ influenced, uh, enforced, sorry. And I felt like, with AAU, it was just mostly you trying to promote yourself and do what you need to do with this college. It was doing what the team needed you to do for the team success. And it was all team oriented, I felt like. Right. And then your freshman year, um, what was it like playing under uh, head coach Robin Harmony your freshman year? It was a lot of fun. Um, coach Harmony really likes to win. That's her whole prerogative, her coming from Lamar. Um, she's a winner. So I wanted to be with a winner and I wanted someone who has a winning mindset and that's what she has. So, yeah. And I know that this past year and as well as this coming year, it's going to be tough, mainly with the pandemic and everything. Can you tell us what that kind of felt like as a student athlete to kind of deal with that and as well as, you know, traveling wise and playing in stadiums with, little to no fans what kind of what was that feeling like um there were um a lot of uh precautions taken to make sure that the athletes were safe at all times and sometimes those precautions led to game cancellations but it was all in the best interest of the our all the athletes in the CA, especially for my perspective um being safe and even when we did get the opportunity to play we um we had just a um sorry we had a good um we just made sure everybody was safe and when it came to the people being in the stands like we missed them we missed that energy being there but we recreated on the court as much as we could so right and i know um as far as safety concerns so what was kind of the practice schedule like during the covid season because um, I've talked to a few people and I've heard that it's, you know, it's not as, you know, loose and open as it normally would be for basketball players, especially in college. But why don't you tell me what was that kind of schedule like? Yeah, it was very strict. We had to be on places at certain times, mainly just to get tested beforehand and make sure we had to do the, get our temperature checked in. Like we, our team rule is we have to be 15 minutes um, early to everything, but even with all the testing, everything like that, it would have to be even earlier. So it was just a whole bunch of, like I said, um, precautions taken um, that were taken to make sure that we were safe. So that had to include some restrictions as well. Right. And uh, 
And I know that it was a tough season. Uh, you guys did the best you could. You guys played the first round of the CAA tournament against UNCW um, and fell short. Um, your stat line, you had 11 points, six rebounds, four steals, three blocks. And I saw the line in 38 minutes. So you basically played the whole game, barely sitting down. Well, I, I know just the amount of energy that had to go on the court. Um, what was it like playing in your first conference game and also kind of getting the majority of the minutes out there as a freshman? What did that feel like for you? Um, it felt it was a surreal experience altogether. I felt like I didn't want to lose and I knew my team didn't want to lose. So I was going to put everything I could to put everything out there that I could to make sure that didn't happen it did but I just if I had to play as much as I needed to to help us when I was going to do it it was just what needed to be done so right and this upcoming season um, we don't know what's going to happen as far as restrictions you know the health and safety protocols and everything um, do you would you like to see more fans in the stadium or do you feel like it's going to be more like close family is going to be able to attend and not as packed a house as it would be. Personally, I just want everybody to be safe as possible. Of course, I would love to see as many fans as possible, but if that's not doable, I feel like safety should come first. So if that has to be close family and other related people to the team, especially then that's what it has to be. But of course I would love to see a whole bunch of fans in the stands and have that whole pre-COVID environment happen again, so. Right, and you're you're coming into your sophomore season. What are some goals that you have uh, personally and team-wise? What are some goals for the upcoming season? Team-wise, because I'm very team-oriented, um, I want us to have a better showing than we did last year. I feel like we only got to play 13 games, but I feel like we could have done a lot more to be a lot more successful, so I want us to – Instead of being in the bottom half of the CAA, I want us to be in the mid-top area. Um, personally, I am very defensive-oriented. I've always been like that. It's Defense is the best offense, in my opinion. That's how I've been coached. That's how I've been raised. Uh, so I would like to be a part of the all-defensive team for the CAA. And in just in general, I would like to be um, considered more of an offensive threat than I was last year. So those are two individual goals I have for myself. All right. I think that's some really good goals to kind of have your, you have the mindset you're working both individually, but you are also mainly focused on how the team can uh, improve. And I think that's really good. I think that's what a lot of ball players need to have. Um, what is some, my last question is what is some advice you can give to a high school player wanting to play college or, you know, kind of the work ethic that it takes to be a college basketball player? It's relentless. Uh, you're going to have to put in hours that you may not want to. I personally, me and my dad, my dad's been a really big part of my basketball life, been my coach for forever, I want to say. And we used to get up at six in the morning and just run if we needed to run, shoot if we needed to shoot. We would go to the Y and just do a bunch of drills and do a lot of defensive oriented stuff because, once again, that's been a huge part of my game style. Gameplay game. So um, it's just, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort, lots of opportunities you may miss out on, but you just have to know the bigger picture and know the goal at the end of, 
of the day. So. Okay, well, Miss Williams, I want to thank you for taking the time to be a part of the show, um, giving us your insight, your kind of path to where you are now at the College of Charleston. And guys, make sure to go check her out this season. I expect big things for the team as well as for her. So, Miss Williams, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Right. Um, and guys, uh, don't go away because we're going to be back here after this commercial break. So stay tuned. And we're back. So we have, like we did last week, we have the spicy Dano's hot take. Jake, take it away. All right. This week for the spicy Dano's hot take, we are going to go with Leangelo Ball will be on an NBA roster for 82 games this season. The full season. The full season. Leangelo Ball will play a full season. Might not play in every game, but he will be on the roster for the full season. That'll be interesting to see how that'll go. Because he, he has done well in the Summer League. But in my opinion, the Summer League kind of... In my opinion, the Summer League kind of feels more like a pro-am than anything. It, not a lot of it's taken, you know... It's all draftees and, you know sophomores just trying to still be on the roster so it's not kind of like the, the true core talent yeah he, there he played so. steady he played hard he knocked down open jump shots i think he i think he shot like 40 40 clip from three like that i think that's good enough to get him a roster spot that's good enough to get him a roster spot it's just that is a hot take to say he'll be there the full year so that is interesting oh uh, my hot take is the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, will make the Eastern Conference Finals, but not the Finals. Here's why. You're still having tension on that team where I feel like Kyrie is still, Kyrie's going to be out soon because of, you know, him not, him pulling a Dennis Rodman and not showing up to practice, not showing up and, you know, not committing. And I feel that brought a lot of attention to that team. And people said, well, you know, if KD had, you know, if KD's feet weren't that big, he would have made a three. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, yeah. di- di- the, 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 the mention of the wings, court. He wouldn't bump his butt every time he jumps, but he does yeah. have wings. So he does bump his butt. It's just the way that the court is and how big his feet are. You just can't, you can't help it. You can't live you know? in if onlys and what ifs. Exactly. So, KD's still going to have a great season. Harden will have a great season. They did pick up some great guys, but that, you know, the tension that there is with the front office and Kyrie, I feel like Kyrie might not, you know, be there much longer. And that's going to hurt the Nets. And I feel like that's why they won't make the finals. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they might dump Kyrie. So that's my hot take. And guys, make sure to go check out our page for uh, all the deals on Danos and their fabulous seasoning. Make sure to check out the link on our page. Use HoopJack. Use the code HoopJack for all your uh, purchases and like that. And remember, it's Danomite. So we have reached the end of our show. We always like to have our mindful moment. Um, What we... 
what's been going on in the world right now and how uh, we feel and what life has been like for us. So, Jake, what's your mindful moment? My mindful moment is, is really just a lesson that I've I've had to learn over these last two and a half weeks. Have patience. I'm keeping it short and sweet this time. Just have patience. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. I think that... I think a lot of people just need to have that is just patience. Um, mine is... Uh, more for our listeners out there if you have some if a loved one in your life uh, always know kind of what's going on with them just to make sure that they're doing okay kind of if they don't tell you what's wrong you always just need to ask how you can help and not kind of just throw it out in the wind because I feel like a lot of our listeners and viewers out there if you are married or not married but you're in a you know a relationship with someone that you really care about just make sure that you're that they're not only in your corner but you're also in their corner and just looking out for them making sure they're doing okay yeah i can't stress that enough um but that's really my mindful moment and uh Guys, I really appreciate you all listening out there. I hope you also enjoyed our interview with Amira Williams from the College of Charleston Women's Basketball Program. Make sure to check out their season coming up. Um, I will uh, tag her page on the on it, on our Instagram page so that you guys can go check her out, see all the cool stuff she's done and what she's ready for this upcoming season and what the team has in store for them. So be on the lookout for that. Also, again, I reiterate, make sure you go check out our Instagram page at underscore hoopjack underscore for all our podcasts, the YouTube channel, and for Dano Seasoning. And if you would like to purchase Dano Seasoning, make sure you click on the link. Use code hoopjack at the end of your purchase. It helps us out a lot, as well as make sure that Dano's gets the appreciation that it gets because it is fabulous seasoning as my colleague jake would describe it it's the best he's ever had it's better it's, than sliced it's bread good it's it's damn good and it's better than sliced bread so uh thank you all for tuning in i will we will have a new episode on friday we have a very special guest with us also be on the lookout for a preview of that of who's going to be on the show for thursday um and we will have that out I appreciate everyone for taking the time to listen. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.